Hey guys, it's C.S. Joseph with csjoseph.life to another episode for season 18. Uh, this is known as what is the second cognitive axis, also known as fire and wind. And uh, this is a members live lecture. Uh, members have an opportunity to watch this lecture uh, before anyone else does. Uh, and then we have a little Q&A at the end of the lecture relating specifically to the content of this particular lecture. So be aware of that. And uh, when this live stream is done, it will be uh, packaged up and uh, sent out to those of you who are on our email list. So if you went to csjoseph.live forward slash typegrid and then got onto the uh, email list uh, and received your uh, free type grid uh, in your email you'll also be getting these lectures for season 18 and there is a ton of these lectures like a lot of them within season 18 which is the cognitive uh, mechanics uh, season so uh, with uh, with that it's just kind of like you know okay yeah we'll go for it and yeah yes new haircut thank you for pointing that out and uh, it's because I'm just really tired of having long hair and having to deal with it and having to put up with it. So I'm just like, fine, zero on the sides, three on the top, blend it in. I just don't care right now. I'm, <laughs> I got other shit to worry about. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, uh, for those of you uh, uh, who have been on our email list, thank you. And uh, stay on our email list because if you unsubscribe, you're going to lose out on season 18 episodes. So you're not going to want to do that. I, I don't recommend it. So anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's change our ang uh, camera angle here. We got our fresh little electronic whiteboard ready to go. And uh, we're going to handle it. Oh, I'm sure I look fine with long hair. My issue is, is that I hate managing long hair. Particularly, since we're discussing my hair right now, I have the point coming down on the top right here, and then I got another one coming down here, and it looks like I have this flat carpet thing coming off the side of my head. And it's the most annoying thing in the world, and I absolutely hate it. Uh, so yeah, not really interested in that whatsoever. Um, and I get to torture all of you with eating this hamburger that uh, Railgun has just provided me. Thank you very much. So I'm going to eat this uh, hamburger now and uh, y'all are going to have to uh, enjoy me, you know, enjoying this hamburger while I'm providing this lecture. It's going to be fantastic. Mmm. Mm. Correction. It's a cheeseburger, grilled mushrooms. Oh, it's a cheeseburger. With grilled mushrooms and pickles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, hey, trying to deliver a, a production here, but it's like, eh, may as well eat dinner while we have it, right? Mm-hmm. Of course it's good. Railgun always makes the best burgers. I'm trying to encourage her to actually, like, consider doing some kind of restaurant or cooking show or something because she has extremely good cooking skills. Uh, better, um, amazing, actually. And, and I've had a lot of ESTP cooks in my life, but not really, you know? Mmm. 
<laughs> Hair and food. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So, fresh fades uh, for days. Yeah, I'm 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 keto for the moment. I've been going in and out though, uh, for other reasons. But yeah, keto for the moment. Hmm. No, it's not vegan. <laughs> Vegan's perfect. Apparently, there's, I like, impossible foods will give you cancer. So, no <laughs> thanks. Don't believe me? You can look up that blog on fixyourgut.com. So yeah, I'm gonna while I eat this burger, I'm going to uh, write wagyu. down the whiteboard. So. It's a wagyu beef burger. A wagyu beef burger. All right. What is the second uh, cognitive axis? Awesome. And that is. Uh, Fire plus wind. Pipe symbol introverted intuition plus extroverted sensing. Right? It's gonna be pretty awesome. Fat fiction on Amazon Prime. Great document. Really? What's that document all about? That would be funny to see nom 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 seed my food live stream. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, that would be great. Thanks. You want your strawberry cheesecake? No. I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, Raga made strawberry cheesecake too. I was like, dang. It was really good. It's like the best cheesecake ever had in my life, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, Mark Hyman. Yeah, Mark Hyman's cool. I really like uh, Mark Hyman. It's fantastic. Okay, so. We are going to get this whiteboard in this direction. I made here. three different types of cheesecake, keto cheesecakes yesterday. Yeah. The strawberry is my favorite. She made like blueberry lemon. And not really down for the matcha though. The matcha was not really my preference at all. So let's uh, shade this in. Just a nice little yin and yang symbol here. Sake of this live stream. Probably gonna have people edit my burger out of this before I send it out. You're like, wow, did I really just, you know? I obviously wanted to uh, get this uh, video so I could watch Chase eat a burger. You know, that's that's all I that's all I need to do. <laughs> Not really. I don't think so. Yeah, you're hungry now, huh? Well, it happens. It always happens. Yeah, I still have like, I still have like, 
my um, leftovers from my liver condition. So I have to like, so it causes me to like burp all the time because of my liver issue, which is basically um, one of the valves or something doesn't open all the time with my liver and it causes problems. Yeah, you just ate. All right, cool. <laughs> day and I've been sitting at this desk all day working so you take that away no I don't just take that away thanks cool all right now I can focus on the lecture at hand apparently I have now consumed dinner in under three minutes congratulations me I guess I hope you guys can actually like read this. Okay, so starting at 9.22, uh, the actual like, what is this cognitive, the second cognitive axis, uh, fire and wind, introvert intuition, plus expert sensing. So we finished talking about last month, expert intuition plus introvert sensing, also known as the earth and water elements. Uh, so people who are attached uh, to uh, these kinds of elements actually have like a high interaction with these elements and we were talking about previously no I will throw you out of this room no, just don't do that stop distracting the burger is enough okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah it happens to be all the time anthrax I mean curse of being pragmatic right maybe I don't know uh, so we, uh, so expert intuition, uh, introverted sensing, uh, we talked about how like people have these affinity for various elements. There's a lot of elemental affinity out there. So uh, and an example of the affinity is that when you're having elemental affinity, that's why we call it uh, affinity or affinities in the ultimate messaging formula, for example, ultimatemessagingformula.com, uh, we find ourselves in a situation where it's like, okay, hey, uh, I'm an NE user, so I'm a water element, so I really like being, you know, close to the water. Or I'm an introverted sensor, uh, so I'm an earth element, so I like to be in the mountains. And that's basically just how I am. If I'm not near, like, the water uh, in some capacity, be it ocean or river or lakes, I'm pretty unhappy, basically, because of, like, primarily uh, expert intuition. But then you look at introverted sensing, and, you know, you have, like, the super high introverted sensors... You know, they're on top of, like, the mountains, for example. Like, Henry David Thoreau, he had his cabin in the mountains when he started writing his books, Walden or Civil Disobedience, for example, and that guy's an ISTJ. So, uh, it's uh, it's an important thing. Um, so, I don't know why that statement was relevant to say, because when it comes to multitasking, Tanya, I multitask all the time. Like, I drive and lecture all the time. I longboard and lecture all the time. Or at least I'm practicing that. So, like, multitasking is a thing for me. So, I don't like this whole BS, let's just judge an entire gender by one statement thing. I mean, sometimes it's relevant for those types of stereotypes, but most of the time they're not. And I would just rather promoting understanding about individual people. 
so anyway, uh, be that as it may, elemental affinity is a thing. And we were talking about last week how like an NI user, a high NI user likes playing with fire, for example. Or extroverted sensors, uh, a lot of the high SE users, uh, they really love the winds. Like so, they're uh, so SE, so SPs. They like skydiving. They like going on uh, down the mountain, for example, going down the mountain in terms of um, like skiing or snowboarding, etc. And then they super are driving extremely fast with the with the uh, windows down, etc. They love that wind element, right? So it's uh, it's a thing. Uh, so anyway, the point is is that you have uh, these elemental affinities that are attached to cognitive functions, and if you find yourself even having a difficult time typing yourself, do you enjoy the water? Do you enjoy playing with fire? Do you like being in the mountains? Do you like uh, you know going uh, with the wind, etc. The speed of the wind. Uh, it, all of these kinds of things will give you indicators as to kind of what type you are because a person's type out of the 16 personality types, you have an elemental affinity that's attached to within terms of like the earth, etc. Or any area of the elements of the earth uh, between fire and wind and earth and water. You have a primary affinity and then you have a secondary affinity. Me, I'm not really into like playing with fire and I'm really, really not that into like skydiving or things like that. But I may force myself to do that from a self-discipline standpoint in order to further, you know, cultivate my mountainous regions of my brain. So, like, you know, my introverted sensing. But for the most part, it is important to remember people's elemental affinities when uh, either typing them or you typing yourself or just you being happy with where you are within the environment within the world. Uh, so like uh, NI users, also high NI users really, really like being near the equator. Uh, they, they really like being out in the sun uh, consistently. Uh, sometimes they get super mega depressed if they don't have uh, sunshine. So NISE users, they really, really need to have access to the sun as, as often as they possibly can. And this is why if you were to move towards the equator, you'd find more NISE users. And if you were going to move away from the equator, you would find more SINE users, you know, from a population standpoint. It's because a person's elemental affinities that they are attached to mentally uh, kind of dictates where they live in the world or where they want to live in the world, I guess. Not necessarily where they're born, but uh, where, it's, where it's going. So this gives you an opportunity to kind of see you know where it goes so yeah now I'm happy I started late by eating that burger in front of you guys because we had some more people just join at the last minute I guess and they didn't really miss very much so, so that's pretty awesome um, alright so yeah so yeah, uh, so fire and wind. Uh, obviously, you know we're going to we're going to stick to looking at the introverted variant of fire and wind, and then the extroverted variant first. So what what is fire and wind? Well, really, you know everyone's super used to Chase constantly talking about this thing known as willpower. You know, and willpower. It's uh, there's so many different ways of saying it, but it's like intent is one, or what. I want or uh, what I desire 
as well uh, what I want, what I desire, um, uh, what I can do, what I can do. Uh, remember that uh, choo-choo train? You know, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. That's an NI user, right? Sheer willpower, right? You know, whereas that's not really a discipline thing. It's more of like, I should do this, I should do this, I should do this, I should do this. That's that's discipline. That's discipline. But I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can is introverted intuition, right? So there's a lot of differences uh, in that area. But really, uh, willpower is a form of desire. It really is all about what one desires. Um, now, the thing is, is that how do you create desire? Well, you create desire through uh, shared experiences. Uh, you create uh, desire through um, what other, uh, seeing what other people uh, are doing. So observing others. So observing others. Uh, uh, seeing uh, what others are doing. are uh, doing. Uh, also uh, totems, reminders, reminders, etc. Without without totems or reminders or shared experiences uh, or you know uh, showing others or seeing what others are already doing or what others have already done, uh, listening to stories, Listening to stories. Uh, this is basically, you know, where desire comes from. So if, if you guys look at it this way, you know, we have uh, input, process, output, and then feedback. And then input is expert intuition. Process is uh, introvert intuition, output is uh, extroverted sensing, and feedback is introverted uh, sensing right here, for example. You can kind of start to see, you know, a pattern of what we're doing. And we discussed this like at the very beginning of this lecture series, right? But process and output is really, really important because desire. Now, here's the thing. Desire can be created in two ways using this loop because it can go either direction, right? But you can you can input a desire this way through expert intuition to influence introvert intuition. You'd be like, hey, you might want to do that because I had this really good experience. But then when it comes to extroverted sensing, sometimes extroverted sensing can also cultivate desire as well because expert sensing is like, hey, I saw what that person is doing, I want to do it too. Or if it feels good, do it. Or, hey, everyone else is having sex right now. They're 16 and everyone else is having sex, so why can't I have sex? You know, this being a 16-year-old girl talking to her father after uh, telling her that she can't be having sex with her boyfriend while she's living under his roof, for example, right? That's an example. But expert intuition ultimately is literally unfettered desire. And a result of desire is basically willpower, right? It is desire um, or personal intent. Well, I could see within my own future. So uh, here's another way, my future, you know, and it's like, 
it's like you know you see that woman and she goes to uh, a wedding and she sees the groom and she's like yeah I definitely want a guy like that. Uh, definitely see uh, a kind of guy like that in my future, right? Because she's experted sensing the experience that her girlfriend is having who's getting married to this man. And she's like, yeah, me too, basically, right? And that's, that's literally what introverted intuition often is. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too, right? Um, we're going to talk a little bit about some social engineering aspects to that and whatnot um, and how things can happen there. But but yeah, it's literally just, yeah, me too. You know, um, yeah, me too. You know, it's a very N-I-S-E thing. That's like when you have children and if you do one thing for one children, if you have an extroverted sensing child, that child will also demand that they get it too. And it's so interesting that out of all the N-I-S-E users out there, there's only two of them that are uh, that are interest-based. There's also only two of them, or no, not interest-based, but um, there's two of them that are um, systematic. There's only two NISE users out there that are systematic. The rest of them are all interest-based. So it's very dominated on what can I get out of it, right? So you have the systematic types, which are the NTJs who don't have that. So they're kind of the odd man out in this uh, a particular uh, situation. Um, so, um, my husband says, I have no willpower. This is because I give into things like my desire for Hershey bars with almonds. No, that's not willpower. That's self-discipline. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, so, yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah. Another thing... Uh, what's really important is that while that is desire, you know, NE is more of imagination, right? Imagination and being able to imagine, uh, you know, consequences, right? Uh, consequences for everyone, you know, which is, uh, which is super important consequences. Uh, whereas, uh, experted sensing is a little bit different. It's, um, it's more of reactions, it's more of reactions. And when you look at reactions, you, you literally have desire, which is another form of desire, is intent, right? You have intent, and then when you look at expert sensing, what is expert sensing? It is actions, right? It's, it's other people's actions, what other people are doing. So an NI user uses expert sensing to see other people's actions, and then they decide for themselves if they want to do it or not. See, that's the thing. Oftentimes, you know, I talk about willpower and intentions and desire a lot when it comes to introverted intuition, but that's more of the positive side of things. That's the positive. What about the negative? There's, there's positive and there is negative sides to, um, to introverted intuition. So what is it? Uh, okay, well, you have I want and then you have I don't want. Okay, I don't want. The negative really matters too, because here's the thing. Anytime an NI user, and they can't shut this off, but and they don't even, they're, they're so used to it, they're not even aware they do it. Anytime an NI user goes out in public and they see what other people are wearing, they see what other people are doing, they're expert sensing, their brain constantly, as their brain is processing all these perceiving of seeing the output of what other people are doing, their NI is like, yeah, I want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. 
I don't want to do that. I want to do that. I don't want to do that. I want to do that. I don't want to do that. I want to do that. I don't want to do that. Over and over and over and over and over. So many times per second, like constantly hitting their brain. Over and over and over and over and over and over. Like it's constant. It's constant. And because this is happening so constantly in their heads, it's no wonder that they can't hold on to any of this memory and get it over to introverted sensing. It's no wonder because they're constantly forced to see what everyone else is doing constantly and then they have to use the rest of their room in their heads to make the decision in their heads. I don't want to do that. I want to do that. I don't want to do that. It's like, for example, when Railgun goes to Target and she sees something some other woman is wearing there or she sees some type of clothing that another woman is picking out and she's like to herself, oh, I don't want that or I do want that, I don't want that, or I do want that. And she's constantly having to make these little mini micro NI decisions every second, constantly at all times. And this is why NISE users are so bad at memory, constantly. It's so annoying to them. And they get like super, like they forget a lot of stuff about it. So it's hitting their heads on, uh, you know, like, they don't, uh, I want, I don't want, I want, I don't want. And their heads are focusing on that. Where you look at introverted sensors, we don't do that. Like sometimes people, like as much as people say that NISE users can be like airheads a little bit, especially when they're combined with TE. So like Wayfarers often have the reputation of being airheads. And I look at Paris Hilton, right? Everyone thinks she's a freaking airhead, yet she's an INTJ. You see what I'm saying? Um... Uh, so in that situation, you know, you start to realize some differences because an introverted sensor, they're not having to make those micro decisions in the moment about, oh, I want to do that. I don't want to do that. I want to do that with like everything they're seeing. They don't have the burden of making those micro decisions. This is why, this is why they can have longer term memory because there's more room, there's more space in their head to be able to, sp to uh, store that uh, information. So that's the thing. So yes, introvert intuition, another way of saying introvert intuition is also focus. The thing is, is that if we're going to, you know, for some reason, you know, people are having a hard time following along here, allow me to tell the class about what this actually means. So... An NI hero, for example, yeah, you guys know what you want, but sometimes you don't know what you want because you're finishers and you have a hard time starting things because you don't know where to start, right? Which means you have to bother using your extroverted sensing and actually want to use your extroverted sensing to go find out what other people are doing so that you actually do know what you want. Which means you as an NI hero don't actually really know what you want all the time as much as you claim to do so, right? So that's not accurate, is my point. The, uh, and if you have an extroverted sensing parent or hero, or even an extroverted sensing child, you still are constantly having to make the choice of what I want, what I don't want, based on observing what other people around you are doing or have done. An NI hero, however, because it's NI hero, they usually know what they want, but they don't always know all the time and they still have to check in with what other people are doing around them in order for them to actually know what they want when they're in those situations. 
eventually anti-hero will run out of that extroverted sensing observance sauce because extroverted sensing ends up fueling introverted intuition in that regard. Ah, but then guess what? The other way is true as well. Introverted intuition can also fuel extroverted sensing, okay? So now what you guys are seeing is that when it comes to input process output feedback, you actually can reverse the polarity and go the opposite direction anytime you want with, with this model. I haven't talked about this model. Nope, come here, come here. Nope. Kitty. Mm. This soft, soft little cat toss. Yes, because we toss the kitty. That's what we do. Yeah, yeah, or we spray you. Yeah, but you just start purring anyway, so it doesn't matter. You can't scratch the couch anymore. Anyway, so, uh, so yeah, you can reverse the polarity, and it's literally all about polarity, positive and negative, right? Uh, so, anyway, uh, that's just kind of how it works. You can always reverse the polarity. Okay, kitty, you want to sit down? Okay. All right, you can sit down. You're fine. You're fine, little INFP cat. You're cool. You're cool. She's cool. The cat's cool. All right. So, anyway. So, N-I, or N-E, N-I-S-E-S-I, right? Actions, reactions. So, let's talk about how this, like, turns into judgment just slightly, okay? So, extroverted sensors, all of them do this. It is the most annoying thing in the world. This is the one thing about SE users that I just absolutely cannot stand. It really pisses me off. Um, so actions are one thing and intentions, okay? Actions versus intention. And then let's look at something down here where we have cognitive uh, projection, okay? So, extroverted sensors, I don't care if you're anti hero or not, I don't care if you're anti parent, extroverted sensors all have this thing where because they know it's something that they want, right? They expect other people to want the same thing in some way. This is why you have ISTPs with any trickster or ESTPs with any demon, any critic, any nemesis, these little lower NEs where they make a really painful assumption. This is so annoying. And this is one of the reasons why you have SI users getting with SI users in relationships because those SI users are probably had to deal with some overbearing extroverted sensing people who were technically abusive to their introverted sensing in some capacity. And this is, and let's see how that manifests, right? You could see other people's actions through extroverted sensing. You could see other people's intentions through expert intuition. But their low NE, because their SE users, can't tell the difference. Which means, to an extroverted sensor, technically, when it comes to action and intention, they literally treat it as the same thing. It's literally the same. Uh, it's so uh, it's it's so annoying. Yes, uh, my cat is a liquid toss. She is a liquid cat, you know, because she just takes the form of whatever you know she needs to. Yeah. So she the cats are liquid, and my cat is definitely a liquid. So, 
I wish I had a bowl that I could just throw her in and then show you the bowl. So, oh, okay, she didn't want me to um, manhaul her like that anymore. All right, whatever. So, actions and intentions. Okay, so when you look at an, in, uh, an expert intuitive, however, an expert intuitive actually can separate intentions from action because they understand that when they're taking an action with their introverted sensing, and SI inferior has a really hard time understanding this because they're not so concrete. SI child also has a hard time figuring this out because they have extroverted sensing trickster, but they're more likely to figure it out because it's introverted sensing child and that's an optimistic function in an optimistic slot. But in general, introverted sensors understand that actions and intentions are completely separate. And the entire, this is why an INFP gets so butthurt anytime they do something wrong and you're calling them out for their really horrible action that created this huge, um, you know, blow up of collateral damage because they're expert sensing trickster and they get all pissed off at you be like, well, that's not my intention. And then you get me and all the other Templar types telling them to their face, oh, okay, you are judged by your actions, not your intentions, right? Wait a minute, that sounds eerily similar to something something controversial that Chase posted on his Facebook recently. Wait a minute, maybe that's what's going on. Oh, and by the way, folks, if you are my Facebook friend, uh, just get ready for me to like unfriend you pretty soon because I'm going to be unfriending like probably 3,000 people on my Facebook who don't even interact with any of my posts. If no one's interacting with my posts and I even hit in the like button or at least saying something or something, then I'm going to remove you from my Facebook and then I'll invite new people to see if they actually will. And it'll just keep this like regular churn. But if you hit the like button, you know, or at least interact with some of my posts on Facebook, you get to stay and it's all good, you know. But anyway, outside of that, you know, those INFPs and they're accused in those particular moments, they're like, oh, I, that's not my intention. And then the expert sensor gets all pissed off at the INFPs, like, well, that's the action. The results of your action created all this collateral damage. And you are an extroverted intuitive, which means you're aware of the consequences, right? So maybe you should be a little bit more wiser about the consequences of your actions and how it affects other people. Oh, wait, you struggle with that because the extroverted sensing trickster. So that's the, that's the N-E-S-I part, but still an introverted sensor understands that there is a difference between action and intention. An extroverted sensor, though, <laughs> it's really hard, especially with SPs. Now, granted, NTJs are kind of uh, an NFJ, so NJs not so much, but still, in general, an extroverted sensor, which includes NJs and SPs, they really have a harder time, especially SPs, Determining the difference between actions and intentions. It's because through cognitive projection, SPs especially, and some and sometimes NJs, but they still do it, they project that because it's something they want, that they expect other people to want it too. So if so they look in themselves and they see through their expert sensing someone else's action that they took, right? They, they, someone else's action, okay? So they have this action that they see others, someone else did. And then it's like, well, if I wanted to take that action, here's why I would have wanted to do that action, basically. So they lo they're looking at, like imagine an ISTP or an ESTP analyzing something somebody did that they didn't like. They didn't like what someone did. And they're like, well, I would, if I did that action, 
the reason I would have done that action is because I would have wanted to do it. I would have wanted to do. I would have wanted to do that action because of X, Y, Z reasons. So what happens is that the SE user projects those reasons onto that person, because the only reasons for why, see, that's because expert sensors don't understand the why, right? Whereas extra intuitives understand the why. So they project the why from themselves onto the other person, right? Um, and um, just understand, you know, like that's a burden. It's really, really annoying. Um, so, yeah. They project the why. So, so let's let's imagine. Uh, let's like let's imagine. Uh, you know, so Booch, she's an ISTP, right? She's here in the crowd with us tonight. Let's let's use a classroom example here. Let's say Boot sees uh, somebody else in the community posting something absolutely dumb on the Facebook, right? And then she notices that they do it, and then she goes and Ti heroes that person in a private message, criticizing them for posting that on Facebook and potentially making the assumption that the person that the reason why that person did that because the only thing she can imagine is why she herself would have made that post. She's literally putting herself in the shoes of that person, but it is she's cognitively projecting her own introvert intuition assuming that her and I and whatever reasons for why that person would want to make that Facebook post are the same. This is why extroverted sensors mix actions with intentions. It's really annoying. Oftentimes, I have SPs and NJs. Oh my gosh, I, happened. I was talking to an INTJ last night, an INTJ girl uh, who was emailing me a bunch, and she jumped to conclusions about my intentions about why I was saying some of the things. And then she got super mega butt hurt at me, telling me that like, you know, that I was misogynist or chauvinist or, you know, anti-feminist person and, and just like going off the, like, you hate women, you know, how dare you say that about me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, at no point during my discussion with you did I even offer a value judgment towards you. I never said you're a good or bad person. I never questioned your value. But you're assuming that I questioned your value because if it was you saying what I was saying, then you would have questioned my value because that's what you would have wanted to do in that situation, okay? It's annoying. I hate this about NI users. I hate it every time. They always put action and intention and literally think it's the same thing. It's not the same thing. This is one of the biggest limitations NI users have. They are completely separate. Now, granted, I will agree with the SE users that when compared to the INFP whining about well, these bad consequences to my actions were not my intent, right? Versus 
oh, people are judged by their actions and should be only judged by their behaviors and their actions, not their words, not their intentions, none of that, right? I actually agree with the SE users because it's all the SE users have because the SE users have a hard time differentiating between action and intention, right? It's so, it's so, it's, it's, it's lame, you know? So it's, it's, it's a thing. Tanya, no, 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 multiple times in, uh, in live streams and various discussions, you personally have done this to me multiple occasions. Uh, so like, you're not, you're not off the hook here. No. Um, so oftentimes NI users project how they would have wanted to do an action on other people in an effort to understand other people. And ISTPs have the hardest time doing it. And so do ISFPs because they have expert intuition trickster. At least INTJs and INFJs with expert intuition nemesis can somewhat try to come up with uh, the intention behind it. So they're not at risk as much of uh, doing this form of projection of mixing actions and intention at the same time. ENJs with their NE critic, oftentimes, you know, they still do it, but they do it the least because they have NI parent. So they have to see people being responsible with their intentions from their expert intuition critic lens. So they do it the least out of all the extroverted sensors. They do it the least. So keep it, uh, you know, uh, you know, keep it, uh, keep it there, you know, so, um, I, I'm not going to give an example because I've given you plenty of attention already during this, uh, lecture and I need to move on. So, but that's okay. Everyone else present knows what I'm saying is true, right? <laughs> anyway, um, so, um, with that being said, it's just under, it's really, really important to understand how introvert intuition works in this direction. So let's zoom out here and let's kind of, let's, let's kind of diagram extrovert intuition a little bit in a different way. Okay. Um, let's, uh, let's do that here. So you, you have, uh, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a cone, I guess is, uh, kind of how I would say it. So you have... A circle here and this is like extroverted uh, so this is extroverted sensing right um, and then you have extroverted sensing um, let's uh, let's uh, let's draw a person you know right here here's an NI user we have an NI user right here um, it's boot um, because uh, we're we're making fun of boot this evening I guess and uh, so yeah you got you got boot you got NI child we got we got Ni child, right here, you know we got Ni child. It's great, and uh, and then all of a sudden we got uh, oh 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 right here we got Booga, we got Booga right here. Here's Booga. All right. Oh, over here we got uh, Kate Nani, right over here. Here's Kate Nani. All right. We got Kate Nani in the house. We got Booga. You know it's getting good. Um, oh, here's Helen. We got Helen right here. Helen's hanging out. She's doing good things. And then uh, we have, uh, uh, oh, Jay Patel just showed up. 
We got Jay Patel in the house now. All right. So with this, yeah, I should probably share my screen, huh, instead of being a doofus. There we go. Less doofus. All right. So yeah, this little SE cloud, we got Boot in the center, you know, and she's getting ready to make a decision, okay? And we got Kate Nani, we got Jay Patel, and uh, everyone is like within this experted sensing awareness that Boot has with her SE parent. Oh yeah, she is SEing what everyone else is doing around her. Oh yeah, you know? So this is going down, we got Jay Patel, we got Booga, we got Kate Nani, we got Helen, you know? Who else we got in there? We got uh, anyone else? Anyone else in there? Um, oh, we got Barb. Barb showed up. Barb's here. All right, so Barb. Barb's in here too. All right, so now, so all of a sudden, all these people are just like around this NI child, and then that child's like, oh, what are all these people doing? Expert sensing, right? But then all of a sudden, something happens. You know, so she sees, okay, I see what Barb's doing. Oh, I see what Kate Nye's doing. Oh, I see what Jay Patel's doing. Oh, I see what Booga's doing. I see what Helen's doing. And then all of a sudden, it literally creates a decision. One decision, which is what I want. Ding, 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 ding. And what she wanted is what Kate Nani was doing. Kate Nani, Kate Nani won. So Kate Nani was doing something. Kate Nani had a, an introverted sensing experience. Maybe it was a memory of some kind. Doesn't matter what type he is, it doesn't matter. Uh, but he, there's an SI memory of some kind, and uh, she observed it with extroverted sensing. You know, this this little SI memory uh, showed up in here. You know, this little SI memory right here. And the NI child is like, ooh, what Kate Nani's got going on is cool. All right, I want that too. You know what it was? I'll tell you exactly what it was. It, it, it was literally, it was literally um, an, an Oreo uh, explosion. Uh, that's what it was, an Oreo explosion uh, from uh, Cold Stone. That's, that's what that was. Because Kate Nani, when he showed up to this party, the dude was completely hooked up with Cold Stone. But, you know, he just showed it up with his own Cold Stone. And then N.I. Child's like, oh, wow, I see that with S.E. Parent. I want that. Instantly gets in the car and drives to Cold Stone. And then, boom, Oreo explosion. Except this time, with this Oreo explosion of what I want, it's like, yeah, Oreo explosion's cool. But uh, you know what? I really, really want to add in some uh, caramel syrup to that. So it's like a... It's like a, uh, you know, a little tiny, you know, like SI parent comes in there and just adding in a little thing. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's just kind of where it goes down. You know what I'm saying? So this is literally how extroverted sensing and introverted intuition actually works. Okay. You have an extroverted sensor coming in. People are there. They see what other people are doing with their extroverted sensing radar. Oh, that's cool. I want to do that. And then they make that decision. And, you know, it really literally makes that sound in their head. I'm just saying. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so that's all right. Uh, so, yeah. Um, 
that will happen when I when I started dancing on the table at that block party. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I didn't see anybody else do it? I just come up with these. Rhythms. Everyone else was partying, and you just had to like kind of one up the game. And that's the thing, <laughs> like introverted intuition uh, also really <laughs> likes to uh, one up. And this is also one of the reasons why extroverted sensing is very. Um, is very competitive. SEUs are very, very competitive, especially among women. Oftentimes, women have, like, for example, there could be like an INTJ girl uh, at, uh, at a Starbucks, for example, and she ends up shaming a certain girl because that other girl is kind of competing with her to get the attention of, like, the hot guy that's working at Starbucks with them at the same time. And, like, they have that elimination of competition through extroverted sensing, etc., because they try to, like, get that extroverted sensing, you know, performance at the same time. So, yeah, so, yeah, the, the one-upping and, like, the Oreo explosion with caramel syrup because Kate Nani showed up with the hookup. He had it all figured out. So that's just kind of how it goes. Now, seeing what other people are doing, then they know what they want to do. That's only just one way of doing it, however... There is a different way of looking at it. All right, so now we're going to take Tanya and stick her over here. All right, so here's Tanya. Here she is, okay? We got Tanya, all right? Going all INTJ mode, right? Okay. And it's like, all right. And now we have, uh, now we're going to be putting in some other people. All right, so we got, uh, we got Jay. We got JP right here. He's he's right here. You know, he's good. We got J. And then we got uh, we got Anthrax, which is kind of interesting. We got Anthrax in the house over here. Just hanging out, you know? And in fact they're even they're they're playing poker right now. It's kinda of interesting. You know, they're 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 in the casino. I don't know why they're in the casino. But they're in the casino. Uh, so yeah, they're playing poker. Like like there's like literally cards being played right now you know we've got, we've got some cards going on here uh anthrax has an amazing hand but uh jay's still you know he's got an amazing hand jay's trying to get a full house you know it's just not really try he's really trying for that full house right now you know it's, it's a thing and uh and then we got uh oh gail showed up but what they don't Gail's the dealer. Wow, that was kind of interesting. So Gail's the dealer now, apparently, at this poker game. And there's this poker game happening, and it's pretty cool. So we're going to put this little table, a uh, little poker table right here, you know, where all three of these people are. And uh, we got this po po poker table. Um, oh, and randomly, out of nowhere, this guy named Negrano uh, shows up as well. And I spelled his name wrong, but I don't care. And this guy is like some dope INTP uh, poker champion. He also showed up to uh, play uh, poker with these guys. So things are happening. Um, so Tanya shows up. And then she's like, okay, here's what I want to do. I want to join the game, right? Because I'm going to win. I want... And then she makes that decision... And then it creates an SE storm with all of them, right? And it creates an SE storm. And then they all get an experience. So let's do that here. This is the other way around. Introverted intuition, extroverted sensing, right? And it's literally what she wants 
to impart upon other people. She wants to give them an experience in that moment, right? This is the other way around. This is the reverse side, basically. So, and I, also known as what uh, Tanya wants. All right, so obviously she's made it very clear that she doesn't play this crap. So guess what she obviously wants to do? She's literally going to give all these people an experience by flipping the table. That's literally what's going to happen. And boom, she just ruined their entire poker game. She flipped the table. Done. All right. So what Tanya wants, and oh, I'm going to flip the table, and I'm going to give those people an experience. Boom. There you go. So there it is. This is literally how introvert intuition and extroverted sensing actually works. Okay. Um, yeah, he has any parent. He's an INTP. Yes, Daniel Negreanu. Yes, I spelled his name wrong, but whatever. I I don't I don't care. Um, uh, I should have. Yeah, let's see. Yeah. Anyway. So your guys' poker game was ruined, but that's fine because it's like I win and uh, she won by flipping the table. So you know whatever whatever works. Um, so yeah, this is, uh, I don't know why she wanted to flip the table, it just sort of happened, you know, it just happens, I guess. So yeah, boot, she saw what everyone else was doing, she saw that Kate Nani had Cold Stone, she went and got herself some Cold Stone, okay? Uh, Tanya's just really pissed off, apparently one of these people at the table she really, really doesn't like, it's probably Daniel Negrano's fault, let's be honest, it's probably his fault, and uh, she's like, oh, well... I'm just going to have to get you back at this thing. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to want to flip your table, Mr. Negranu, because you just really pissed me off. And then, boom, it's over. And she is exerting her will on these people and giving them an experience. And each of them get to walk away from this with their own little introverted sensing experience. So they all have this introverted sensing memory, this little SI memories of the table, the poker table, getting flipped by Tanya at this moment, right? You know? Whereas there's pre-awareness of introverted sensing memories attached to all these people in Boots' vicinity at this party that they're at because there's literally a party and Kate Nani showed up with Cold Stone. And uh, she's, she's like, okay, this party's cool and all bros, but like I'm out right now so I can get that Oreo explosion, you know what I'm saying? But then I'm going to get caramel on it because that's just something else I want because I'm an eye child, you know what I'm saying? But again... It's like a cone, right? Expert sensing, seeing everyone around, and then it builds up to the one decision, right? Or that's the cone going up. But then the cone can go this way, too, where it's like, hey, I want to do this, and it's the point of origin for the decision. I'm going to give you an experience, and boom, you have introverted sensing, right? So it's, uh, um, it's a thing. Um, so, so, yeah. That's right, Tanya. And now Daniel Negreanu is literally scarred for life uh, because you just ruined his championship poker game. It, it happens, I guess. And he'll never forget you forever because it's SI Child and you don't forget anything. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, this is literally the difference between, or like, how both directions work from introvert intuition to extroverted sensing in that regard. 
And again, SE users, when it comes to actions versus intentions, they mix them together, which is really frustrating. However, I still agree with SE users that you still judge people by the results of their actions, which means introverted sensors need to be put on notice. Oftentimes, while an introverted sensor is not intentionally making a decision, the results of their actions still blows up in everyone's face. And to quote Railgun directly, it's like, wow, Chase, maybe you shouldn't allow yourself to get obligated because I'm the one that has to clean up the mess when it gets blown up in your face. And she's technically right about that because my introverted sensing inferior oftentimes finds itself obligated to the wrong people, the wrong things, the wrong systems, and then she ends up getting sucked into doing it and it's not something she even wants to do. You see what I'm saying? Because all of a sudden, her expert sensing is locking on to my introverted sensing and my obligations become her obligations. And while it was not my intention to have that outcome from the beginning, the thing is, I am still responsible for the results of my actions, right? This is, that's the, <laughs> so I'm not just bagging on SE users mixing action and intention here. It's still the responsibility of SI users to be aware that they're going to be judged by their actions as well. Thing is, is that, you know, so also do NISE users also know that as well. But anyway, this is a really good example as to how these things work. If you notice the shape here, this is literally a cone. This is a cone, yes, okay? Oh, this is also a cone, right? The point of origin is different. The point of origin could be with Tanya or the, the result could be with Boot getting Oreo explosion at Coldstone for some reason. One of the two, right? One of the two. It can go either way. And this shows you how the polarity can be changed within the input process output feedback model with the cognitive functions that we're discussing, right? So that's uh, kind of how it goes. Um, yes, uh, the legendary, the legendary uh, sucker. No, not the cones of Dunshire. Oh my gosh. No, not the cones of Dunshire, which is a, um, um, a Parks and Rec reference. The cones of Dunshire. So anyway, that's just kind of where that goes. Now, second cognitive axis. Uh, so let's look at some examples of how this works. Uh, a cold shoulder ice cream cone, okay. I mean, if that's what you want. Um, so let's look at some examples, okay. So, um, Let's do this. Uh, all right, so they were doing this. Now I want to do it, okay? All right, so what does that mean, okay? They were doing this, okay? So this is extroverted sensing, right? Uh, now I want to do it, okay? This is introverted intuition, okay? They were doing it within this, within this sentence, right? Or you could look at it this way. Um, I want to show you something, okay? I want to show you something. All right, so we have show you something. That's extroverted sensing, right? I want to. This is introverted intuition, 
okay? Now, sometimes you, had, you get these sentences in here. Um, I want to uh, eat, I want to eat a popsicle. All right, is this an introverted intuition statement? It could be, but it could also be an introverted sensing statement. There's not enough information here to really classify this. This could be NI or it could be SI, actually. The thing is, is that if you look at the previous sentences, they were doing this, now I want to do it. You have to see the other side. And sometimes when people are informative, you don't know if there's this missing piece of information. So sometimes people are being informative, especially when you have an informative, like an ESFP, you don't, they may say the NI statement, but the SE statement is implied. They may say the SE statement, but the NI statement is implied. So sometimes when they're being informative, it's really hard. It's really easy to type direct people with their speech because they usually have all the pieces in their speech. When you're looking at informative people, it doesn't matter if they're an introverted sensor or an expert sensor, it can lead to confusion, right? It could definitely uh, um, lead to uh, confusion. So I want to show you something. I want to eat a popsicle, right? Since it's a popsicle, it could be an introverted sensing statement. However, if we say instead of I want to eat, let's imagine we cut this out and it becomes that popsicle, okay? At that moment, guess what? This becomes an SE statement. And then this becomes an NI statement, right? You guys tracking with this? You guys tracking with this? If you have time, can you give a visual example of the difference between uh, focus and attention introverted sensing? I did that on the last episode already. That's the little wheel example that I did. I already provided that visual example on the last lecture. You can review the last lecture with an initiate membership, I believe. Uh, it lets you uh, look at the old uh, season 18 episodes and you can review it again if you still don't have the link, okay? Um, yeah, the context is how you find out where a function sits on the person stack as well. Exactly. So when you're doing cognitive access analysis in order to type somebody, you want to identify which axes they're using in their speech. If they're an NISE user versus an SINE user, right? Which one are they, right? Well, you look at their sentences, type out everything they're saying, and literally look at the language in front of you. You can attach individual cognitive functions specifically to the words they're saying. This means you can text, you can you can type people through text messages, emails, what you're reading in a book, etc. Very very important. But again, you it's not good enough to make a judgment until you know until you have both pieces. But if they're informative, you got to be aware that some of the missing pieces could be implied if you're not careful. All right super important okay so anyway uh that's awesome it works it's happy it's a thing so now begins our question and answer part of the lecture uh for what is the co the second cognitive axis uh also known as fire and wind and i versus se um so uh questions begin now 
And uh, then we're going to wrap up this lecture for this evening. Go ahead. Um, I've been typing people through internet messages lately. All right, that's awesome. It works great. Uh, so, which, uh, okay, can you please print out a few sentences that correlates to functions and axes? Yes, in fact, I kind of already have at the ultimate messaging formula to a point if you pay attention to what I'm saying here versus what's in the UMF. In a future version of the UMF, I think we're going to provide some additional resources. UMF 2.0 is actually being, second edition is actually being uh, planned right now and will be released soon with additional things. Next question, please. Next question, please. All right, uh, no other questions apparently. Are we good? Is this it? Is this, uh, is that our Q&A session? Just one question. Andre's in the house, he's got this. I guess uh, he gets the uh, award for uh, only question during Q&A apparently, or maybe I've just hit it so far out of the park that everyone here completely understands where this is all at. <clears throat> yeah, I understand the sentences would be helpful, but uh, it will be released in a product later if you guys don't already have um, um, you know, the other side. So, all right, does NI Hero SE Inferior sound like? What does NI Hero, what do you mean by that? Um, a quick question. What happened if Tanya used her NI and TE to figure out what she did was irresponsible? Okay, well, yeah, that's for the next cognitive axis approach, uh, which may or may not, I, I don't know if sort or mace, or I think actually expert thinking is next. Uh, so that would be discussed in a future episode, but basically, you know, this is just a straight up perception action with flipping the poker table in that moment, right? Uh, the reality of the situation is, is that obviously she has expert thinking and realized that people would think less of her and her reputation would probably go down the toilet and lose access to that favorite casino of hers altogether because the bouncers would probably throw her out in the dumpster uh, in the process, right? So obviously from a TE standpoint, she'd probably not feel good about making that decision to begin with because she'd see that as irresponsible. However, we're not discussing extroverted thinking here, we're discussing introverted intuition and extroverted sensing, okay? Next question. Uh, do ESTJs really don't know what they want with NI Trickster? Yes, they really don't know what they want. They could see what other people are doing slightly with their SE critic, but that doesn't mean that's going to cause them to desire to do what other people to do. It's almost as if it's like completely cut off. Jay Patel asks, is there any relevance of quantum mechanics with this axis like in the last video with NESI? Absolutely. If you can observe a probability, you are more likely to make it uh, come true. If it comes true, it enters into the past. So the reverse cone using the poker table example over here actually would denote an example of that, right? So yes, the answer is yes. Uh, there is definitely relevance with quantum mechanics for sure. Hi. Hi. Smiles. I was uh, just laughing because ESTJs, I'll say goodbye to my friend Fatima. Well, say it louder. 
Uh, let's think about my ESTJ friend Fatima. She really doesn't ever know what she wants, and that's why I always invite myself to her place. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, you invite yourself <laughs> to her house. Yeah, <laughs> we always just do whatever I want, and like she's cool with it because she has and like she has an eye trickster. Like she doesn't, she likes it. Gosh, what's it like to, to be an SP with SJs that just go along with whatever you want? Uh, I get them into a cool. lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, like, like taking a neighbor's cat for a ride and then returning the cat later yeah, at having, an undisclosed location and time. I know, right? Like having an ISTJ brother, my parents were like, just tell her no. <laughs> Stop like doing what she like morale stay away from your brother you're just getting him in trouble <laughs> <laughs> good times good times all right all right so uh emailed anthrax how does ni hero differ from ni parent ni child and ni inferior and same for se this is covered uh, extensively in season 16 watch it on the youtube channel i will be doing additional season 16 related content uh, later, uh, but for specifically within the context of relationships, uh, and that content is also planned for the near future. It'll be fantastic. Uh, next question, what is the biggest advantage NISE users have over NESI users? Uh, the biggest advantage is tactics. Um, they have a faster reaction time in the moment to deal with a threat. Uh, that is the biggest advantage they have. However, if an SI user can see it coming, the SI user can deal with the threat better uh, than the SE user if the SE user never saw it coming, basically. Um, and uh, next question, David Mee is in the house. Thank you, sir. Uh, is NISE linked to someone telling another person, you are being judgmental rather than I'm feeling judged by you right now? No, that's not. That's more of a TE or an FE statement uh, within the judging functions. So that'll be in the third and fourth cognitive axis, and we'll explore that a lot more within the next uh, couple lectures as we talk about cognitive mechanics. Uh, Jay is in the house. So NI would have difficulty determining what it wants if its interaction with others is limited. Absolutely it would. NI has difficulty in determining what it wants if it has if it's not really around other human beings. So when you look at like a, the COVID-19 situation, the COVID-19 situation is absolutely destroying NI users on a regular basis because they are lacking in shared experiences with other human beings. And that lack of shared experiences is inhibiting them to know what they actually want. Whereas from an SI user standpoint, COVID-19 is destroying SI users because all the SI users are starting to feel unwanted even by their friends and potentially ending relationships with their friends over it when the reality is it's just COVID is keeping their friends away from them. And it causes them to not trust their friends so much. Very good question. All right, Gail asks, does an NISE user need to stop focusing on other people or can they mature while focusing on what others are doing? I think both, uh, I think that applies to both cognitive axes, uh, I believe so. Uh, but uh, oftentimes, you know, uh, it could really, really help for an SE user to stop focusing so much on other people and try to figure out what meaning they can extract from the situation of their own NI for them own selves and try to get what they want for themselves, not because of what other people want. An example of this is scarcity tactics. You can always get an NI user 
if you can convince them that their choice is going to be taken away from them to pressure them into making a choice, basically. And that's a, that's a problem. Emailed Anthrax asked, last video, I think I remember you said NE could deal with NI using the Xanatos Gambit. How does NI deal with NE? By getting in their face and getting ready to punch them in the face and, and like literally forcing the NE user to contend with them in the moment. That's really the way to do it. Um, Cole Stewart, wow, didn't know you were here, bro. Uh, do SI or NI users have an easier time uh, quitting addictions? Gosh, that's such a hard answer. Um, it really depends on where your functions are. If they are in optimistic slot, absolutely it's harder. So NI child and SI child, in my experience, has the hardest time of all to actually get over addictions, which basically means INPs and ISPs have the hardest time breaking addictions. Uh, based on my personal experience, based on my coaching practice and helping people get through addictions, as well as my experience in various 12-step programs. Uh, although I was never like considered an alcoholic, but there's various other 12-step programs available. Uh, so yes. Uh, how can NE and SI help an underdeveloped uh, NI SE user by basically saying, I'm, I'm going to go do this, or I am doing this, do you want to come with me? It's literally just giving the NI user choices, and that's what will help the NI user develop. Give them choices, give them options. Uh, uh, Jay Patel, is an NI user always trying to be chaotic or unpredictable? Uh, no, actually, an NI user, because of being able to see what they want, they're far, they can actually be far more predictable than an SI NE user, unless the SI user in question is uh, stuck in their comfort zone, which can happen, and that can make the SI user insanely predictable. So it really just depends how you look at it. Now, what is if I was to offer a generalization about the 16 types, I'd say SI Heroes and SI Child are probably the most predictable of all of the types, I would say. The least predictable of all the types would be SI and NI inferior uh, types. So ESPs and uh, ENPs would be the least predictable and the most chaotic. I can't even predict what I'm going to do. Huh? I said I can't even predict what I'm going to do. That I <laughs> But I often do predict what you're going to do. <laughs> like, it's funny because, you know, like, when you get someone on the roll and you're like, why do you keep jumping to these different conclusions that are not even relevant? It only happens when there's more people in the picture. Like, there has to be more, like, people doing, like, I have to have a lot of people in front of me for me to become really unpredictable because I see one thing and I kind of, you know, like you're saying, like, when you observe things. But, like, since I'm SC Hero... The more people I see, the more crazy my like my wants become. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Like, like getting on top of a table in the middle of a rave. ADHD. Yeah, <laughs> good times. So to really answer Jay's question in terms of like how fire is chaotic and unpredictable, fire is actually very predictable if you know where the fuel source is. Just like water is predictable if you know where to where to um, uh, where to, where it flows. But fire can be unpredictable if you don't know if because you don't know if the sparks are actually going to light something up. Water can be unpredictable if you're in the middle of a maelstrom and you have no idea where the waves are going to come from, for example, right? 
Earth, SI, can be unpredictable because there might be an earthquake. They might have an explosion of bitterness like a volcano, right? That's introverted sensing. And it has that huge, uh, it has that huge buildup, right? And then uh, extroverted sensing is insanely chaotic because where does the wind flow? We don't really know that much about wind as much as we know about the other elements, essentially. So technically, any of the four elements can be chaotic as well as orderly, technically speaking. Um, awesome. Is there any other uh, questions uh, at all relating to this um, presentation? Yeah, it really does go both ways. It's like you're reversing the polarity or potentially reversing the polarity within the input process output feedback loop, essentially, when it comes to the, uh, the elements uh, thereof. So awesome. Uh, great. Uh, anyone else have any questions? I think I'm about to wrap this up. Just trying to get past the, uh, the live stream delay here. Uh, okay. Would this mean that air helps fire and earth helps water? It, it potentially can, but even water erodes, uh, erodes uh, away the earth. And even fire burns the oxygen up in the air, even though an air can move the fire. So there's a lot of different ways that you can interpret it. But remember, if you want to have a good intimate relationship, you want complementary, uh, uh, complementary um, um, uh, cognitive functions versus if you're, if you're not and you're kind of like the same functions, you want something that's more equal. You want to kind of go for like an equality point of view, uh, an egalitarian point of view, etc. When is the next live lecture? It's about this time next month, basically. Uh, and do young NPs go around showing things? Not really. No, they don't. Extroverted sensors do. And uh, like their toys and arts and crafts? No, not really. No, that's an extroverted sensor, John. That's not uh, an NP, not really. Um, that's kind of more of like an NJ. So, so yeah. Anyway, folks, uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for attending uh, this live lecture, and also thank you for watching me uh, eat an amazing hamburger. So, or a cheeseburger. Would you sorry. like to watch him eat an amazing strawberry cheesecake? Oh my gosh! Comments, come on! Come on! Come on! <laughs> no one's gonna watch me eat yes. a strawberry cheesecake. Why not? This is not going to happen. I, I don't think so. LOL. So anyway, folks, y'all have a good night and I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for watching and thanks for joining.